how's everything going where you are in the world? How's uh, life and family and things? It's good. I mean, it's, I, I just feel really lucky, I guess. I'm in, um, I'm in, I'm in Long Island. My brother just had a baby or my sister-in-law just had a baby. So my whole family's been here and it's um, actually been like really cozy. My 95-year-old Nana and my like three-week-old niece and it's been cozy. So I just feel lucky, I guess. Are you, you're in Toronto? Yeah, yeah, right now. I feel like you guys have figured it out better than we, like COVID's not as bad there is yeah. what I hear. Uh, back, in, yeah, back in March, uh, we went on you know, a state of emergency, but since then, um, we have these um, phases, and we're currently in phase three. Uh, everybody wears masks, everyone's social distance, so we're doing it in the Canadian way, so it's good to... Yeah, <laughs> so polite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's great. Um, uh, to start, uh, Stephanie uh, briefly introduced me. My name is Jabril. Uh, I run a platform called Studio One. Um, the idea is a platform where I get to interview international international artists like yourself, um, artists across Canada, and importantly Toronto artists to give them a spotlight because we don't have too many media platforms. So really glad to get you on. Yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, I also feel like Toronto, maybe, I don't know about the media platform, but like so many amazing artists come out of Toronto. It's like there yeah. must be something about Toronto. I mean, yeah. I love Toronto, but it's all, I just, like, so many huge artists come out of there. It's incredible. Yeah, um, being from Toronto, you know, having Drake in the weekend and having these, like, massive artists, uh, it's kind of yeah. hard to hard to see the fact that there's so many artists in Toronto that uh, mm -hmm. are really struggling to really step up. Right. So I think uh, it's this really strange parallel to have, you know, Toronto be so big on the world stage but not have right. kind of the same kind of feeling in the city. So I think that's why I kind of built this platform to kind of help a bridge and grow it out. Cool. Yeah. Um, before we really begin, can you just brief, I know we uh, introduced ourselves. Can you briefly introduce yourself and then we'll really start? Oh yeah, um, I'm Rozzy and I'm an artist. Um, my single best friend song just came out and I'm so happy to be here. Amazing. So <laughs> I knew you grew up in uh, San Francisco um, tell me what that was like, you know, growing up, and when did music kind of come into your life? Which kind of artists did you, you know, gravitate towards, or music playing yeah. in the house? Um, yeah, I'm from San Francisco, and um, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to, like, be a professional singer in first grade. I sang, I sang a jewel song in the first grade talent show, and that was, like, the lights out, this is what I'm going to do moment for me. Yeah. Um, Nobody in my family is a is an artist, not at least not professionally. But my parents love music, and I guess I grew up. So my first loves were like the Beatles, the Supremes, Bjork, Jewel, Dixie Chicks, um, Spice Girls. Like I just, it was a very Fleetwood Mac. I discovered Fleetwood Mac in seventh grade when I was like, everyone was kind of bullying me in seventh grade, yeah. and <laughs> Fleetwood Mac was like my saving grace. Um, and then it was maybe you know more like high school that I really you know I discovered Amy Winehouse and Lauren Hill, and I, I got deeper into Aretha Franklin. And when Beyonce did that, um, she did like the I Am World Tour, and that live DVD of her yeah. performance, like her tour, was so moving to me seeing her as a live performer. That's maybe, I, you know, I really got into Outkast then. I got into Missy Elliott. That's maybe when I kind of connected more to my, like, soul influences. Yeah. 
And interesting, uh, you started writing poems at nine. Um, yeah. What made you, <laughs> I know like kids, you know, do hobbies and things like that. What made you uh, use, I guess, writing as a tool to kind of get your thoughts out so young? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I guess part of that's just a mystery. It's just what I felt inclined to do. Like, I remember my mom when I was a kid would take me to like an art drawing class and the teacher hated me because I was like too, I couldn't, I was so, I wasn't focused. I couldn't just sit down and draw. I was terrible with visual stuff. I'm still really terrible with visual stuff, but I always was like chatty and I always had something to say. And um, so I guess words just always felt like, my, my dad um, is a professor and he's just has like a really, he's really like brilliant writer and in a little, yeah. really more like analytical way than me. But I think there's something there, like just, it's like a wordy family, really chatty. And so I started writing these poems when I was nine that were like really dark and my life was not very dark, but I, I felt like, just, I think I was just an emotional kid. Like I had a lot of feelings yeah. and for some reason putting it into these poems, I think part of it also, frankly, was I was nine and I didn't want like to my parents to know what I was writing yeah. about. Like I felt kind of embarrassed and I, and I wanted to keep some things from them. So I'd make them these like kind of vague poems and they ended up being more lyrical because of that. Yeah. But I think it's because I was just a kid and I didn't want my mom to know like who I was talking about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, I was, I was, I was going to touch upon that, you know, later in the interview when we talked about the EPs and things like that, but it, to your point when it came to writing poems there was you know i guess even 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 though you were nine there was still a vulnerability to it um yeah releasing records i know we'll touch upon it even more like it's interesting to know when you're young you had that you know vulnerability so when you started releasing you know records how, how did that feeling still continue throughout your years totally um Wow, that really makes me think about things I forgot about. Um, I I released a song in high school that is such a hilarious song. I, I hopefully nobody can find it on the internet because I'm pretty embarrassed by it. Yeah. But it was this like pop song I wrote in high school called Unlove Letter. And it was about like my high school boyfriend who then started dating my like best friend. And it was this like, yeah. drama and everyone knew what it was about. And I remember that feeling of being really like kind of terrified to share it because like you said, it was very vulnerable. Yeah. But it was also something that I, I recognize now is like something I'm addicted to, which is that feeling of... Is there something about the like the thrill of sharing something that you wouldn't normally share? Yeah. Um, you know, like my heroes do that. Like CV Nicks was writing about Lindsay Buckingham when he was in the band and and you know, Lannis Morissette wrote these like incredibly vulnerable songs. I think I'm a little bit addicted to that feeling of sharing something that I would be too scared to say in conversation. Um, but that's really interesting to me to point. I mean, I never really thought about it, but when I was nine, I guess I was kind of already doing that. Um, yeah, it's definitely scary, but I got braver over the years about it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of artists, you know, when it comes to education in school, there's kind of this like um, this battle where, you know, you're going to school, you might not be studying what you really want to, but you really want to be an artist. And there's kind of the idea of it being so hard to really pursue. But for you, um, you did a lot of music in school. You know, how did that help? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was lucky. I went to a school, you know, the Bay Area where I'm from is just like so creative. I mean, it's less so I think now because it's a little more of a tech scene now. But when I was growing up, like, you know, everyone's parents were like, we were the kids of the hippie generation in the Bay Area. So it was a very creative community, which I feel very lucky about. And my high school was like just super 
really valued the arts. So I got to sing like, so I remember I was in this band. We got to play at the halftime shows at the Warriors games, um, the basketball games. Yeah. Like it was like so cool. We go and we play like Earth, Wind and Fire. We play like, like funk songs. Um, I think that was really unique. I don't think a lot of people got to do that in high school. And that's because I just had a really cool music teacher, Bob Schleter. He's just cool. And yeah. he just knew good music. And I feel really lucky about that because I got to, instead of maybe like you're saying, like if I'd been somewhere else, maybe I'd have to be singing songs that, you know, just choir something yeah. that maybe wouldn't have really inspired me. But I, I was singing like Tower Power and Shaka Khan. And that was just so cool to get to discover those artists when I was in school. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to your voice, because it's really amazing. At what point I know, I know it um, for an artist, there's, it's hard to really gauge like, you know, am I really good? Like, you know, you get that support thing that for you when it comes to your voice. So who kind of told you kind of, you have something special because I know your voice is really, really strong. Do you remember anything like that, or? These are such good questions. I love this. Um, I was really delusional for a long time. I really was like, I'm incredible. Like I remember when I was in fifth grade, I did this performance. I made my friends do a choreographed performance to Lady Marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> like we did this whole big, and I was Christina. And I, I remember being like, mom, did I sound amazing or did I sound amazing? Yeah. And nobody was like, you sound, no one was like, you were amazing. That wasn't the vibe. I think some of the first people to do that, um, I, when I was in seventh grade, I was in the like a community theater rendition of Les Mis, and I was Eponine, and I sang this big, like that big ballad, it's called On My Own, and it was a really like big moment for me as a, as a young performer with lots of dreams. Yeah. And I remember this stranger, this woman came up to me afterwards and was like, you connected to something in me. Like she she hugged me and was like, I felt something when you sang and I'll never forget that moment because I didn't know her and she didn't know me and she was just someone who came to the show who must have known some other kid in the show and I was like a kid and that moment really stuck with me because I was like oh wow I have how amazing I might have the opportunity to connect with people that I don't even know yeah um and then maybe a couple years later when I started voice lessons there's a teacher in the bay area her name's Amber Morris she's un she's just like a soul queen and she I think has empowered like a generation of young women as out of the Bay Area whether they're professional singers or not and she really made me believe that I could be good like she, she really believed in me and that was I mean it was life-changing yeah I think it, for artists and people in general I think you know you can really hope and dream and things like that but it's so important to have people like tell you and absolutely confidently tell you like you're good at this keep doing it i think it's so important so definitely absolutely. And it's, scary. it's scary enough like like you're saying before like to be vulnerable and to express yourself that way especially as a singer like you're sh coming from within you to share something it's scary and i think if you don't have somebody champion like being your champion and like really being like keep going I, I totally agree with you I think it's really important to ha find someone whoever it is to be that person for you yeah and before we get to the releasing the, uh, the album and things like that um, for you you know releasing space and time those two EPs and how did those projects and releasing records for the first time help you eventually craft you know the album that you would in 2018 yeah, I mean, it was a very, it was an interesting time in my career, you know, it was, 
on the one hand, some of the most exciting moments of my life, because, you know, Adam Levine found me and out of nowhere, kind of, and just brought me on tour and introduced me to all these songwriters. You know, there's a Ryan Tedder song on there. I got to, you know, Kendrick Lamar, there's a version floating around the internet that he did. I mean, it was incredible. It yeah. was like kind of fairy tale like um, but from an artist perspective, it really was more of like a growth moment than like a, like when I look at those DPs, I see a lot of, I hear my potential in them. Like I hear my the songwriter in me trying to figure it out, trying to find her voice. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really have that much um, assistance or support or development behind the scenes to, to find that voice. And I think I really needed it. Um, so when I hear it now, it's I have a little bit of a complicated relationship with those songs because yeah. on the one hand, it's the beginning of my career, and it, you know, it's it led me to where I am, which is amazing. But it really, I hear like the kind of confusion, and it's definitely you know me kind of figuring some stuff out, which is allowed. You know, that's what artists do. Hopefully, forever, I'll be doing that. Yeah. But it definitely was like a like I hear the little bits of myself that I that you'll hear more of on my album that came out a couple of years later and then the album that I'm finishing now, I hear the little like seeds, but it's just not really quite happening yet when I listen to it, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's so interesting too, because with artists, you know, you know, Kurt is famous for not really wanting to play Smells Like Teen Spirit, because eventually, you know, right. you look back at your old music and you're not, you're not, the connection isn't there anymore, but for fans, you know, there still could be. So right. on the note, moving forward with your new song, Best Friend Song, you know, I guess from your perspective, you know, where are you? as an artist right now with this release, you know, and how has the growth, you know, you talked about helped, you know, where you are now and crafting the song? Yeah, um, I think w once I, you know, when I went to write my last album, Bad Together, that process of writing that album was really just like, I felt like I went to school again in terms of how much I learned about how to really, I mean, schools, it makes it sound much more like, official I really just mean that I went through this process of really connecting myself and understanding what I liked and learning maybe more than anything learning how to listen to my instincts so I think I learned how to do that when I made bad together and I'm really proud of that album um and it kind of set me up to be in a position where I think this album that I'm finishing which includes best friend song is just um in a weird way it almost feels like the beginning for me like it really feels like the first record I've made that feels so completely like what I meant to make yeah. um which who knows like maybe every time you make a record the whole point is once you finish it you no longer feel like it's what you know that might be that might be the way it has to be like maybe I'll put the album out and in six months I'll be like no my new album is yeah. whatever I don't know but all I can say is in this moment it feels like it's the first time I've really been said what I meant to say produced music the way I meant to produce it it just I'm so I'm just really excited about it because it really feels like what I meant and sometimes it's so hard to make music that you mean to make like you can feel it but it's hard to execute it and I'm so I'm really excited about the album for that reason and it includes best friend song what I love about best friend song is it's just so unbelievably personal like I just wrote it for my best friend I never thought I'd release it yeah. like it's you know some other songs I've written that are on the record were much more intentional. Like, I really was like, I really want to share this song. Best friend song, I was like, Taddy's my best friend. She was just moving out. I was going to miss her. I just wrote her a song for fun. Yeah. And then the label was like, it's a single. So I, what I love about that is I can't really think of a way to be more personal than to write a song without the intention of sharing it. You know, it's like people are really seeing a piece of my 
life talk about like vulnerability um and it's a fun song like it's funny and i hope people like dance to it on tiktok and like it makes them laugh and makes them think of their friends like i want it to be fun but the truth is it's like it's a really deep song to me it's like a really personal song about one of the deepest relationships in my life like she just happens to be my girlfriend like my friend you know but but it's like a really deep relationship that i frankly wouldn't have thought to write that song if it had if it wasn't just like kind of for fun because I was sad that she was moving out of our apartment. Yeah. You know? And I think as fans of artists, you know, the best music that we gravitate towards is the honest records and the ones that make, yeah. us, make us feel like we know the artists. So that's a, a great point to make. Um, yeah. Usually, you know, when I get to the end of my interviews, um, this is kind of a theme now with my interviews because I usually ask an artist, you know, how is the rest of the year looking for you, shows and tours <laughs> and all these things, but COVID yeah. kind of erased that question. Um, yeah. <laughs> for you, um, over the years, you know, it sounds like you're in an amazing space, uh, whether it's the growth and making music that you really want to. Um, looking back, I know um, when you wrote poems when you were nine, you say now, I read that, you say now that you're in a space where you're going back to that and it's, yeah. it's helping you, things like that. For you as an artist, you know, what's something, I guess that could be a part too, but what's something that you've learned about yourself throughout this journey that has helped you, you know, get to this point in your life and making music that you really want to? Um, I think the most powerful thing you can do as an artist is listen to yourself, listen to your instincts and listen to your gut. And I think that it is so much easier said than done. So if, so, you know, that's maybe part one of the lesson, but maybe the harder lesson to learn is that you can't rush that. Like, you have to have patience with yourself. I needed to have patience with myself to get to a point where I was able to really listen to my instincts, to really know what my gut was telling me. Like listening to your gut isn't something that you can just turn on. Like that's muscle. And that's something you have to learn how to do. And for me, you know, I needed to kind of go through some different business, music business situations, touring here, there, signed to this label, whatever. Like I kind of needed to go through these experiences in order to really understand what my gut was telling me. And I think if there's anything I would tell my younger self, it's it's to like be okay with that, how long that might take and to have patience with yourself and to not try so hard to be there yet because you can't really just, you can't really make yourself be there. You have to just keep creating and keep saying yes to stuff and keep trying stuff and trying to be as honest as you possibly can until that voice inside you is so loud that you don't even have to try to listen to it anymore. It's just like, what's, what's guiding you? Yeah, that's yeah perfect. Um, uh, again, thank you so much, you know, for taking the time out to have this conversation with me. Um, of course. It's a pleasure to get you on Studio One. Um, and a final question, um, you know, with quarantine and, and things like that, you know, Taking away music, what's something that you know you've been keeping busy with, whether it's you know reading books or shows and things like that? I know um, you're briefly on the morning show, so that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's something you've been you know keeping busy with? Uh, I mean, right now I'm just with my new niece. It's crazy. I've never really been around a baby, and she's like such a brand new baby. So I've just been like staring at her and like making up little dances for her to do it's so fun (laughs) um and uh I got a lot better at the piano in quarantine you know I used to like let other people play the piano for me but now no one is allowed to so I've been playing a lot of piano and um reading 
Oh, you know what I've been doing? I've been ordering books to not read. That's what I've been doing in quarantine. Ordering just book after book that I think I'm gonna love and then just not reading it. That's been my that's been my quarantine look. <laughs> I, I read a funny tweet. Somebody was like, uh, "Start reading the books you buy." <laughs> and yeah, it's like, it's like I, I feel attacked. <laughs> that's so true. I know. I mean, I have a huge stack, I, and I love to read. But the quarantine has not been a reading vibe. For, it's like it's too quiet. It's too shut off. Like the idea of like going further into like your like something like yeah. that, like quiet, just felt like not what I'm trying. To, I'm trying to like be at a Zoom party, getting drunk. That's really <laughs> more what my quarantine energy has been. <laughs> um, but yeah, again. Uh, absolute pleasure to have this conversation um thank you so much i really really enjoyed talking to you i really appreciate being included on your show (laughs) hopefully when the you know the world spins on its axis again i'll see you in toronto for a show definitely thanks so much bye have a good rest of the day you too studio one